the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Well, if you played the Joe Biden drinking game last night and took a drink every time he lied, you will not be sober enough to understand anything I say today for two hours on the Bruce Hooley Show. <laughs> You're not surprised, uh, but you are uh, soused for sure. That is uh, where we will begin. We will talk about the three-and-a-half-hour Upper Arlington Board of Education meeting last night where uh, Matthew Boaz, the uh, DEI director at UA, was the topic of conversation by 40 parents who got their five minutes each to speak. But let's start with the State of the Union address. The New York Post wins the headline game virtually every single day. Uh, Today, uh, not the exception, the New York Post uh, refers to the president as Joe Lydon, L-I-E hyphen D-E-N. President tells so many fibs during speech, we can't keep count. Okay, well, what were some of the fibs? Well, besides the oft-told fib that rich people don't pay taxes, which he went to during his uh, rant about billionaires, saying they pay only 8% of the nation's taxes. They pay 24% of the nation's taxes at minimum. It depends how you calculate it, but the lowest you can get it is 24%. Uh, He said Paul Pelosi was attacked by a hammer-wielding assailant because that assailant was motivated by the big lie. The big lie being that Donald Trump really won the 2020 election, even though the deranged individual who attacked Joe Biden uh, was a nudist, a person who for several years uh, said he was Jesus, a person who has flown Black Lives Matter flags on the school bus in which he lives when he's not homeless. So no, uh, hardly a right-wing extremist. And uh, he touted what he's doing to keep fentanyl from coming across the border. And he said that his wife is a full-time teacher. I don't think his wife is a full-time teacher. Although what his wife was up to last night, uh, I have no clue. That is a sideshow to the State of the Union, but I've never, ever, nor would I ever expect to ever see my wife kiss a friend of mine, a male friend of mine, on the lips. Creepy. I mean, we always call Joe Biden Creepy Joe. That was creep. That's, and he's creepy. I was looking at that picture. With little girls and everything. That's the creepiest thing I've seen out of that family and that's a high bar to get I, over. I didn't watch the video, so does the oh. video obviously show that? Because it looks like it can be a it's, like no, a it's side a, by side no, kind of thing. Full, no. It's full on. It's a huh? full on Ooh. lip lock. What the between heck? Between the husband, the first man. That's right, the first man um, and the first lady. Mm, it's the first Goodness. man whose name I can't remember. Doug something. 
But yeah, uh, as I tweeted, uh, Jill Biden playing doctor once again. So there you go. Uh, But yeah, here's, uh, well, uh, let's just, I think this clip best illustrates what we got last night from uh, President Joe Biden. If you try anything to raise the cost of presidential jobs, I will veto it. If you try anything to raise the price of I will veto it. What? That's one way to keep people from vetoing whatever you're doing is to not say it clearly. If you try anything to raise the cost of presidential jobs, I will veto it. I think that was prescription drugs. I think that was (laughs) prescription. Oh, my goodness. He uh, touted abortion last night and how he will do everything he can because that's what Democrats do, everything they can to save us from a open border to lower gas prices to bring food prices everything we can uh, which is a nice way of saying we're not very good at anything we try because everything we can is not doing anything uh, there were the occasional outbreaks of uh angry out of nowhere joe biden as when he was <laughs> trying to convince everyone in the room that he is not a puppet of the chinese communist party name me a world leader who changed places with Xi Jinping. Name me one. Name me one. I have no idea uh, how you can say that in the aftermath of a week where a Chinese spy balloon flew over every major intercontinental ballistic missile installation in the United States and did whatever it was there to do, mess with the American public, take photographs, surveillance, gather surveillance data. In the week that that happened, he's like talking tough about his relationship with Xi Jinping. But this was the signature moment last night. And there are a lot of ways we can go on this particular moment. And uh, I'm planning on going down several of these avenues. It is where Joe Biden does what Joe Biden does, lies, attacks Republicans, and then appears like a completely unable to process information in the moment, old, doddering fool. Instead of making the wealthy pay their fair share, some Republicans, some Republicans want Medicare and Social Security to sunset. I'm not saying it's a majority. Let me give you anybody who doubts it, contact my office. I'll give you a copy. I'll give you a copy of the proposal. That means Congress doesn't vote. Well, I'm glad to see you. No, I tell you, I, I enjoy conversion. You know, it means if, if Congress doesn't keep the programs the way they are, they'd go away. Other Republicans say, I'm not saying it's a majority of you. I don't even think it's even a significant. But it's being proposed by individuals. I'm not politely not naming them, but it's being proposed by some of you. Look, folks, the idea is that we're not going to be we're, we're not going to be moved into being threatened to default on the debt if we don't respond. All right, there's a lot there, a lot there. Marjorie Taylor Greene from the back shouting, "You're a liar." liar. Mm-hmm. Decorum at a State of the Union address is important because we're not the only ones watching, right? You don't have an argument 
hopefully, with your spouse over dinner with another couple sitting there. If something happens, you take it home, you do it in private. It is not great for our nation to have one party shout out the other and for a speech like that on the world stage to be uh, as dysfunctional and as unflattering of our respect for a free exchange of ideas, it's not great for our country to have that witnessed on the world stage. I watched that and thought, Vladimir Putin and Xi Jinping are sitting there thinking, we can do anything we want. He has no support at home. His approval uh, ratings are in the dumper. He is incapable of responding with a quip or arguing his point in the moment. This is a guy that if he's woken up in the dark of night, hey, China just invaded Taiwan, hey, Russia just did this, that he's going to respond cogently, smartly, uh, purposefully, that was a really bad look for America and a really bad look for Joe Biden. I'm not saying it was wrong. I don't think Republicans have to sit there and let him lie about them because you know he's lying when he says, uh, well, I'm being polite. I'm not going to give any names. No, give the names. No, give please, the names. Give the give names. the names. If people want to cut Social Security, Medicare, give the names. Because I don't believe for one second that there's anyone on Capitol Hill that would propose that because if they do, their career yeah. is over. Absolutely done. The closest people think he might be talking about is Florida Senator Rick Scott. And basically Rick Scott's proposal was we're going to have to get a control of entitlements into the future because we can't continue to pay. But that's not that's, that's a far not cry. An entitlement. No. It's a we far were cry. required to pay yeah, Social Security for 40 plus years that we worked. So <laughs> this is, again, an instance where if you have the names, give the names. Oh, come to my office and I'll give you a copy. Uh, no, uh, please bring it with you. If you're going bring to make an on. accusation like that, then give some supporting evidence when you make an accusation like that. But when you traffic in half-truths, which are at minimum also half a lie, this is how you have to perform this artful dodge of saying something that appears to illustrate that you are virtuous and magnanimous while demonizing your opponent. It's very difficult to give a speech about unifying the country while you are disparaging half the country. And Joe Biden does this routinely. And how do we move forward from this? It's a very stark reality that all the damage that has been done by Joe Biden has been done in two years. He's only halfway through his presidency. Halfway through. I know we all think, oh, 2024 is right around the corner. No, it isn't. It's not right around the corner. So we will tackle that next. The discouraging aspect of the State of the Union last night is that it's a further demonstration of a change in how we evaluate uh, life in America. Jimmy Carter was president for one term. 
This predates many of your political awareness, I know, but let me give you a little history lesson. Jimmy Carter was seen as an everyman when he went from the governor of Georgia to the White House. And it also coincided with a period where America began to experience the same kind of rampant inflation that we have experienced here that is coming down but is still three times higher than we would hope. We were also compromised on the world stage when Iranian terrorists kidnapped a bunch of Americans who were at the American embassy. And day after day, night after night, the images of people across the ocean shouting death to America and uh, mistreating our citizens as we stood powerless to do anything about it played out over America's television screens. We didn't have cable then. We didn't have multiple channels. We had three networks. And the crisis was such that ABC began a new program called Nightline. And that is how Ted Koppel became a well-known commentator in American broadcasting. Jimmy Carter's stewardship of America's dominance on the world stage was so poorly done that he was defeated by Ronald Reagan to become the President of the United States. And Ronald Reagan embarked upon a two-term time in office where he restored the belief in America, the preeminence of America, the power of America. The Berlin Wall came down, the Cold War ended, we won it, American prosperity flourished. And the reason why that happened was, of course, because Reagan's policies were dramatically different from Carter's policies. But it happened because people gave Ronald Reagan the ability to implement his policies by electing him president because the person in office was not doing the job when it got right down to the brass tacks of husbands and wives sitting down around the kitchen table trying to pay their bills, trying to manage their finances. It wasn't working for normal, everyday Americans. And we were in an era then when we were willing to evaluate our politicians based upon how they perform for us. That is the uniqueness of the American system, is that we have a peaceful transfer of power that we execute whenever it's deemed necessary by the elections that come every four years. And if we're happy with how things are going, well, we return that person to office, or if they're blocked from remaining in office, we oftentimes will return their vice president to office as that person runs for president, or we will, at the very least, return their party, and there's very seldom a big difference in policy if one party transcends one administration to the next. That is how it has worked, and that is how it was designed to work, but that is not, I'm afraid, how it works anymore. The way that Our country sits right now, very similar to the way it sat during Carter's presidency, perceived as weak on the world stage, southern border, Afghanistan, Taiwan, Chinese spy balloon, (laughs) 
the way that prices continue to escalate, all those things in another era would have virtually guaranteed a shift in a presidential administration. But as I sit here today, halfway through a Joe Biden presidency, the reason I say that I am not confident that there will be a change in administrations is not because I think Joe Biden's going to figure it out in two years. And it's not because I believe his lies that wages are up and gas prices are down and everything's fantastic. It's not because I believe that. It is because I don't believe we evaluate presidents anymore based upon their policy results. I believe we evaluate presidents through this inane prism of, well, I don't like that guy. And I feel a lot better about this guy because I believe certain things that they believe. And so regardless of how they are performing, I'm voting for them no matter what. This is why we have Democratic mayors return to office in Columbus year after year after year after year. It's why we have an all-Democratic city council in Columbus. Are they making life safer in Linden and Franklinton and elsewhere? No. Does a Republican have a chance of getting elected in a major American inner city? Quite unlikely. A lot of times they don't even put a Republican up. Exactly. And it's, it is clearly and depressingly demonstrated by the fact that many Republicans who are in office in Columbus decide that if they want to stay, they have to change their political affiliation. This phenomenon in the inner cities is spreading to our national politics. So Joe Biden can get up there and lie about any number of things. He can tell you, life is great. Jobs are up. We've created, he said, we've created 12 million jobs. I got news for you. The government has never created a job without taking money from a taxpayer or from the private sector and doing it less efficiently than the private sector could have done it. Because name me a time, as Joe Biden loves to say. Name me a world leader who changed places with Xi Jinping. Uh, Name me one. Name me one. Name me one. Name me one. Name me a time. Name me a time you've added a layer of bureaucracy to something, government bureaucracy to something, and it's gotten more efficient. Name me a time. You like the lines at the BMV? Has the post office gotten better? More efficient, cost-effective over the years? When the government takes something over, it becomes less efficient. So they haven't created any more jobs. Your wages are not going up. Price hikes are not temporary. Remember when inflation was transitory? And that was always okay when it happened, even though it stunk in the moment, because we were going to fix it the next time we got a chance. Are you confident we're going to fix it the next time we have a chance? I wish I could say yes, but I can't. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn. 
deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.